everyone. I'm Carly Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. Today is episode number 15, and I am so thrilled to be doing an interview with Sarah Campbell of Savvy Music Studio. Sarah is an amazing teacher, social media guru, and all-around person and business coach. I have enjoyed getting to know her the last couple of years through all of her amazing things things that she teaches on and posts regularly on Facebook. So I connected with her and we had an amazing discussion all around social media. So in this interview, you'll hear us talk about what social media is, which platforms you should be on, and how you can market your music studio effectively. This conversation was so fun with Sarah. She has so much energy and enthusiasm for what she does, which is helping coach studio owners with their social media. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Sarah Campbell of Savvy Music Studio. Welcome, Sarah, to the podcast. It's so, so fun to have you here. Carly, I'm so excited that I got to join you. Thank you for asking me. I'd love to start with hearing a little bit about your musical background. So what do you play? You know, how, how is music a part of your life? And then how did you get into teaching? Oh, I love this. Okay. So I've, I've been singing ever since I was really little and that's how I got into uh, the music world. Initially, I just fell in love with singing. And then my, my mom started teaching me piano lessons when I was five that lasted for all of like 30 seconds. And she realized she (laughs) had to get a teacher for me. (laughs) Um, And, and so I took piano all throughout high school and uh, I was singing all through uh, throughout high school as well and I it was just a natural step to to go on and study so I have a degree in vocal performance from Westminster College and then I continued my education and I have a master's in musicology because I love to nerd out wow. about music history wow that's amazing and off topic but do you have recordings of any of your vocal performances online I actually do. Um, actually, it's just kind of funny. So, at, you know, at the beginning of COVID, one of my ways to relax was to sit in the studio afterwards and I would record myself singing and playing and I shared them on Facebook and uh, a lot of people really enjoyed them. So that was kind of cool. So can we find those on Facebook? Because I would love to see that. Yeah, I'll have to send you a link. <laughs> okay, perfect. We'll link it in the show notes because I love I love seeing other teachers do do their thing you know, perform and share what they're gifted with. And we don't always do that as teachers. We forget to to tap into that side of our passion, right? So that's great to hear. Yeah, it's so true. And I was lucky enough that before all of this went down, I I finally got back to the stage for the first time in 13 years. And I was uh, in Brigadoon and it was super fabulous fun. So cool. Okay, so teachers listening, today Sarah and I are talking about social media and how important it is for your business, how it can help you grow, how it can help you share content, how it can help you share connect with students, all of that. So Sarah, this is an obvious question for some teachers, but for others, can you tell us what is social media? So social media provides us this beautiful opportunity to connect with real human beings. And I think sometimes we forget that. So when I think about what is social media, social media is a chance to be able to show up online with people and interact in a real way. Now, for those of us who grew up with social media, and I'll actually say 
I didn't grow up with social media at the very end of my college career. That's when Facebook came out. So I jumped onto those platforms like um, Facebook and Instagram. And then I realized I can use this to meet people who want to learn music. And so I started using social media as a way to connect with potential clients in my piano and voice studio. And it was just a really great way to share the journey. So that's how I view social media. You know, when we're looking at those platforms where you can sign up with a personal profile like Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of those places, it's a place where you can show up and share the human experience. When did you start using social media to connect with clients and promote your studio? Has it been a couple of years? Or tell us about when you kind of jumped into that. So I would actually have to look back on my Facebook page. I think I started it in 2009, uh, the business account for my studio. It might have been even earlier than that. Um, but that's when I started. And you know, at first, it was just uh, my way to say, this is my place on the internet. This is my little business card out on the Facebook land. And then it started turning into a place where I could connect with teachers too. And that was really fun. So with social media, a lot of teachers and people think that social media is really a place to share photos, it's to share you know, what you're doing with your husband or with your children, or if you're studying music, you know, these are me and my college friends partying. Can we help us shift to how how social media can be a business thing without it being feeling stale? How do you share the business side of a teaching life without it feeling like they're pushing all the time or promoting all the time? Like, how do you make it turn into this connection that you're referring to? This is a fabulous question. And this is something I see a lot of teachers struggling with. Um, they have a personal Facebook account. And like you said, this is where they share, oh, this is what we're doing on the weekend. Here's a picture of my food. Here's a picture of my cat. Here's a picture of my kid. And then they look at this business account and they think, okay, well, all I can talk about on this is the fact that I'm a piano teacher and I offer lessons. And then we fall into this trap of, just sharing um, sharing links from other people about music education or maybe just posting like saying, hey, oh, I have an opening in the studio. And we miss that opportunity to create the human connection. So if we think back to the personal page, the reason that people interact with us there is because they see what, what our life is like. They understand what we, you know, what we enjoy, what lights us up. And so that's the benefit of using social media on the business side. It gives us a chance to really show people what the experience is like inside of our studios. And yet sometimes there's something that stops us from doing that. We, mm. we find ourselves going, oh, I can't, I can't share the behind the scenes. I can't share the messy moments. I can't share um, the sad stories or the happy stories out of fear that um, people will see that as, oh, you're just using your students as, uh, as marketing. But really it's, it's sharing this beautiful experience that we're creating inside of our studios, especially right now in this moment where, you know, we don't have a lot of human connection and yet we're still mm -hmm. able to create this beautiful connection online. There are so many questions running through my mind that I can just hear teachers listening, <laughs> what they might ask. So I'll just start with some of them. One of them that I know a lot of teachers ask is they don't know which place to put their information and they often get overwhelmed knowing they have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. 
and others, where should, where do you recommend that they start? What's a good place for someone who has never done anything on social media, even in their personal lives? Oh, the overwhelm is real. <laughs> and I will say that sometimes I experience that too. You know, there's a lot of platforms out there that we can use and we see other people like sharing things like, oh, hey, our studio's on TikTok now, or, you know, look, our Twitter feed is like blowing up and you're thinking, how can I possibly keep up with all these people and and you know keep up with all the places so my my suggestion for teachers who are struggling with this is to start simple choose a platform that does two things one it makes you happy as a human being because it's hard to interact with a platform that we don't enjoy and mm. two make sure that your ideal clients are actually hanging out on that platform so, you know, we all teach different uh, types of clients. You know, maybe your studio specializes in young kids. Maybe you specialize with adults. You have to think about, well, what platform is the paying client, meaning either the mm. adult student or the adult parent, depending on their age group, where are they hanging out? And, and that's where you want to start. So uh, thinking about, you know, Instagram is a slightly younger crowd. Um, Facebook, I have been told by my students that Facebook is for old people. And I'm like, well, <laughs> thank you, student. <laughs> I'm going to keep Facebook in. <laughs> That's why we want Facebook. <laughs> exactly. So you pick pick a platform that you enjoy using and, pick, and, and just make sure that that platform is going to be a place where people are paying attention. I also love referring to YouTube as being a place where everybody is. YouTube, I find that your students are there, but you also have parents of students there. And when you share a tutorial video or a demo video or anything like that, you're really able to capture the younger crowd and the older crowd a little bit with both. But Facebook is a great place for attracting you know, all of the friends of the parents of the students you teach. So it's so easy for a parent to share one of your videos with their friends when they're looking for a teacher because it's just there on Facebook. Exactly. And I love that you mentioned YouTube because YouTube, you're right. It's like cross-generational. Everybody's on YouTube. Can you explain a little bit about having a business account? So sometimes teachers are confused with a personal profile and a personal Instagram, and, and the differences between running your personal, we kind of talked about that, but then what are, what are the logistics of having a business account versus a personal account? You know, I was just having conversations with teachers about this yesterday, and sometimes we're like, oh, I, don't, I just don't want any more accounts to you know, manage or to, to keep up with, but here's why I think it's really important to have a business account. First, it's going to set the right tone. Um, when we are trying to run our business from a personal account, it does a couple of things. One, it's actually against uh, the platform's uh, you know, policies. They don't want us running businesses on a personal account. Um, that's why mm. they created business accounts. And two, like when we do set up that business account, it's telling people we take ourselves seriously. And, and it's in you know, putting that professional foot forward, but it also enables you to do so many other things. So on the business side of the, the um, you know, Facebook or Instagram, you have access to looking at post insights. So you can actually see what is resonating with people. You know, how many, uh, how many clicks did I get on this? How many engagements, how many 
sets of eyes watched this video. And we don't get the ability to do that on a personal page. So the mm. business page has all the bells and whistles, which will allow us to do cool things like running ads and you know being able to uh, hook up uh, different integrations into the business page so people can schedule directly from there. So it's a really powerful tool. It's great for teachers to know, to realize that. I like that you said, I like that you mentioned it sets the tone. And some teachers, there's this gray area or this blurred line with their friends and their students and their family. And it really does it for you when you set that business aside and you have your logo and you have your brand name and your studio name and your website, all of it's cohesive. When you add those social media accounts, it even just adds, I think, an extra level of validation for that teacher it makes them even cooler right <laughs> absolutely it 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 i think that's the exact term it makes you cooler so you need a business <laughs> account and jo join the cool kids table For today's mealtime, I wanted to share with you a review that Dawn left recently on my Facebook business page. This was such a nice review that I had to share it and thank him publicly. Dawn said, although geared towards piano teachers wanting to expand or switch their practice to online teaching, the Teach Music Online course is still a great program for anyone. Private music instructors who are just starting to build their private teaching studio will find this course extremely practical with short, digestible lessons and easy to follow action steps. In the end, you will have a strong foundation of skills and knowledge on which to build your music business. For those music teachers who are well-established but a little uneasy about teaching music online, there are enough helpful tips and suggestions regarding to make this program also worth your while. Overall, the course is laid out well, very practical, and you can complete the lessons at your own pace. Thank you, Don, for your comprehensive review. I so appreciate all of the recommendations that I get through my Facebook business page or through my website. Thank you so much. And if you are interested in taking the Teach Music Online course, it's available in my membership. Go to teachmusic.online to learn more and I will see you in there. Okay, let's jump back into this interview with Sarah. Can you talk about some content ideas? So a teacher just started an Instagram account. They're excited and ready. Now they don't know what to share or how to make it look nice. Do you have any thoughts on what type of content is great to share on Instagram? Yes. So it all depends on the type of studio that you're running, right? When I when I talk to people and we are working on content plans, we, we want to think about, okay, well, what kind of a studio am I? Uh, what kind of a business do I run? Who are the people that I serve? And then we want the content that you share to really connect to those people. So for instance, let's go with, if you have a, a, a school that focuses on preschool piano lessons, you're going to want to have, um, maybe pick out some categories that you can speak to. So it would be tips, tips for busy parents who have kids who practice music, you know, tips for engaging with your child when they're young and they're, and they're studying piano. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you want to, you want to have those photos out there that show these little kids having a blast at the keys. And that's going to be totally different from the person who maybe serves, um, serves students who are doing RCM exams. And that might be, a, a have, a, have a different tone. It might be more professional a little classier. And, and so depending on the style of um, studio that you are, you just need to sit back and think, okay, 
what does that person, what does that potential client on the other end want to see from a studio like mine? Such great tips. Something I'd, I'd invite those listening to check out is I'm, I'm just thinking about in a webinar I did recently called clarifying your message and thinking about what is it that you want to convey in everything in your brand. And then that ties over into all of your social media account, into all of the content that you're sharing, into all the way down to your bio and to how you format your website. All of that goes into this foundation of who are you, what is your brand, even what are the colors, and how does that convey either, like you mentioned, this maybe fun, energetic, young student teacher versus someone who's preparing students for exams and college prep and it goes it goes down to those fundamentals so if you're listening and you're in the membership that's our branding and social media course that's in content so if you're listening make sure you check that out because that's going to help you clarify your message and make sure everything is ready so that you are able to then share in social media I just don't want teachers to start with start backwards, right? Sometimes they start with social media, but they don't have their website or Facebook or anything else set up and they just want to start posting and that can be a lot harder. Can you speak to that at all as far as um, y- creating that foundation or studio brand and then being able to have all of these ideas for what you can share? Oh, absolutely. So this is something that I specialize in, you know, talking about branding and and really starting by building the foundation before we get out there and start sharing a bunch of stuff that we realize later on is really off brand for us. So when it comes to, you know, setting those foundations, we need to start with who we are as human beings, starting with, you know, our passions, starting with what we love about music, what lights us up and really connecting that to the people we want to serve. And when we start to understand, when we start to like build out what we would call, like, it sounds really weird, but an ideal client avatar, when we're (laughs) building out, um, you know, what does that person look like? And, and what do they want? What are their challenges? What are, what are their pain points? You know, what are the things that those problems that they need solved? Then we start getting more ideas about what our brand looks like. And that's when we can step into, uh, you know, figuring out the verbal branding, like what words are going to resonate with that person? Uh, you know, the, the words that resonate with the preschool group, totally different than, you know, the exam group. And then we start thinking about the visual aspects of branding. And that's the, the, what's funny is that that seems to be the part that people jump into first. They're like, okay, I need a logo. It's the fun part. <laughs> it is the fun part. And I'm actually going through a rebrand right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, I haven't done this in years. And it's super fun to, to go through and like to pick out the colors and to work with the logos. But we really need to, to start with who we are, who we serve, and then we can figure out what it looks like to communicate mm-hmm. to that person. What can teachers expect when they set this foundation and they're posting on social media? What results can teachers expect or have you seen teachers receive when they're consistent with posting on their social media accounts? So you can expect two different types of results depending on what kind of things you're sharing. So if you are, and this is something that my audience understands, like if you're putting on your hashtag brave pants <laughs> and, <laughs> you, and you are showing up authentically in your business, you are 
posting um, about the experience and the journey of being in your studio, whether it's, you know, this perfectly poised picture of um, you teaching at the piano or a screen cap of you guys learning on Zoom together, or if you're sharing like the messy behind the scenes stuff, when you're sharing those kinds of things um, and, you're, and you're reaching out to people with like helpful tutorials, you're going to see great engagement. And if if that's the big if if you are consistent with it because mm -hmm. one week one week of that might not be enough for the social media algorithms uh to start really chugging along so if you're consistent with that you're going to you're going to see growth you're going to see more people showing up on your page you're going to see more people liking them you're going to connect with more human beings and on the flip side if you and this is something that we you know we can all fall into this trap because we might be tired. We're not short of what, what to put on social media. If the only thing that you're doing is sharing what other people are doing or, um, you know, posting kind of generic posts about um, uh, I have openings or, you know, sign up for piano lessons, um, mm. you're not going to see very much engagement. And and I know that can be really disappointing. And that's why I've seen a lot of teachers kind of step away from uh, curating their social media accounts because they hadn't gotten the engagement before. Mm. I, I, as you're talking, it's the word that's coming to mind is awareness. You want to raise the level of awareness for your studio and for your specialty and what you do and what you're good at. If we're just promoting all the time, we're not really showing them anything. We're just asking for students but why would they take from you if they, they have no idea anything about your personality or what you offer or your expertise when they know those things it's almost like we don't even have to ask them to sign up because they are already aware of you exactly it's the whole it comes back to the concept of marketing versus advertising marketing is mm. when we're out there and we're sharing the experience we're you know painting the picture of what it's like to be a part of your studio advertising is where you're trying to sell. And if we're always advertising, people tune us out. So true. Because we that's what we do. That's what we do. When we see brands advertising to us all the time, we unsubscribe. <laughs> we stop following them. We block them. Whatever it is, because we're not. it's not connecting with us. So we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. And the world is a little bit crazy. Why do you think social media is especially important and effective currently right now we have i know i know it's it's been hard you know we we have been through the ringer since march and you know teachers a lot of teachers have risen uh to the challenge and i know we're all feeling a little bit tired <laughs> and a little exhausted but we have this beautiful opportunity in front of us right now especially those of you who are listening who you know, you, you do have these students who are doing really well with online lessons, or even if they sometimes struggle with online lessons, it has been probably one of the only things that's been consistent in their lives mm. right now. I've had parents reach out to me, um, you know, with no prompting, they've reached out and said, I just want to thank you because this has been the only thing in our lives right now that has stayed consistent and constant. And, you know, it's been it's been really great for um, our, our kids to have access to something like that. And we are growing these, you know, amazing budding musicians. So we have to talk about that uh, because there are parents out there right now who maybe don't have any kids enrolled in music and they are they are actively searching for opportunities for their kids to do something. And 
we're here with, if you've got those open spots in your studio, it's time. Step out on social media and, and, and share the journey. Talk about what you're doing and how much students are enjoying it because there are other kids out there who are waiting for those opportunities to show up. You, you mentioned something about getting feedback about online lessons and how it's helping and how it's, it's become such a joy for people. How would you, this is a question that comes up is sharing feedback is so great. Sharing reviews is so great for teachers and they can even use those on social media. How do you think teachers could go about gathering that feedback and repurposing it for sharing on social media? Yes. It's a hard question. <laughs> oh, it's a, but it's a perfect question because this is something that I that I teach about frequently. Um, you know, when we have those little reach outs from people that say this has been an amazing opportunity, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll just say, "Oh, thanks, that's so awesome!" Like, yay! <laughs> and you'll you'll just like text back and thank them. But what what there's this little opportunity there that we miss, and we we need to grab a hold of it instead of just saying thank you. Um, even if this was like a few weeks ago or a month ago and you have this like what would be a gorgeous testimonial from somebody, reach out to them and be like, hey, you know that thing that you said <laughs> a, a couple of weeks ago? Um, you know, it really meant a lot to me. And I was wondering if you would be willing to share that on my Facebook page as a review. Here's a link where you can do that. And nine times out of ten they're going to do it and and they're instantly going to say like oh of course yes and you know what that 10th time it's they, the reason they don't do it is just because they forgot so you know if they yeah are, they don't know how or lost the link they lost the link they forgot something like that and, and so it's it's important to reach out you know not just to the people who voluntarily give you that feedback but it's important to reach out every month to a few families in your studio to ask uh, for feedback and um, and you can ask right then, hey, you know, I'd, I, I've really enjoyed working with Timmy. He's such a talented piano student. And I was wondering if you um, would take five minutes of your day and pop on over to my Google business uh, listing and and talk about your experience there. That would be really valuable to the studio. And when we make those asks, most of the time they say yes. There, people are so willing to write reviews, I've found, and especially students, they know you and they've loved you and had, you know, especially teachers who've been teaching some of these students for a few months or even a few years, they know you and they value you. That's why they continue paying you every month. <laughs> and so I, I, I'd encourage teachers not to be hesitant to ask for those reviews and remember that those reviews are so crucial to getting new students. Like they validate you, this social proof of who you are and what you teach is so huge and often can be even more valuable than having an entire website. Just hearing from someone else that spending money on you <laughs> and spending time with you every week has been worth it often puts people over into joining a studio. Exactly. I think that in many cases, you don't even need a website. If you've got an active social media account, you've got a Google business listing, and you have reviews coming through there, people are going to know, okay, this is somebody that, that I should contact. It makes your, your, when your demand is high, you can raise your rates, you can do all kinds of things. 
Exactly. Well, this has been <laughs> this has been such a fun conversation, Sarah. I just want to ask one more question. You are clearly passionate about teaching, about helping teachers, about music. You've been recording yourself singing. What or why do you do what you do? Why are you so passionate about your music, but also about helping other teachers? You know, when I got into music, one of the things that that drew me there was that music gives us this platform where we can really connect with other people. And I know I keep saying that it's like about the human connection. It's about that shared experience. Um, and, and music is a very unique way to do that. And I'm so glad that this is where my life has led me, um, you know, through studying in college and then, you know, coming out on the other end and opening studio and, and then uh, becoming a blogger. And that's how I started interacting with other teachers. And, you know, I just kept following that path. And, and what I found is that for me, it's, it's really about connecting with human beings and um, being able to make a difference in their lives. And so whether, whether I'm sitting down at a piano with somebody or, you know, singing with them, uh, you know, that's, it's bringing joy and enriching their lives. Or if I'm on the other side of a computer with another piano teacher and helping them set up their business, it's, it's not only bringing joy to their lives, but it's giving them the capability to serve more students or to serve, um, to serve in better ways. And so it, I, I see this, you know, as a, as a, music teacher, business coach, I see this as an opportunity to bring even more music into the world. Because if we have businesses that, that run really well, then we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And then we're going to be able to serve more, um, you know, more kids and, and more adults who, who want to bring music and into their lives and in the lives of others. So I just see it as this like big old circle that comes around. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. For teachers listening, if you are feeling overwhelmed during this pandemic or feeling down or maybe a little bit of depression, it's first of all, it's expected because we can't go anywhere. <laughs> but I would just encourage you to, like Sarah has just so beautifully said, remember why you do what you do. Remember that you do this because you want to touch the lives of your students. And, and if you don't have that in your mind, it becomes so much heavier. And it becomes so much more of a, uh, maybe of even a burden versus something that we can truly enjoy doing. And if transitioning online has added to that heaviness, remember your students and remember that they honestly, they don't know the difference. They could, they could see you on a little phone screen and not know that you couldn't get your computer working <laughs> or not know that Zoom shut down on you and you had to jump over to FaceTime. They don't know the behind the scenes which just means they appreciate you showing up every single week. And hopefully our discussion today about social media has just given you a little bit more of a boost in as far as how you can market and how you can build awareness around yourself because that is going to help you find new students once you get your feet on the ground and you feel like you're you're good. You can, you can find those students and I hope Sarah's comments were helpful for you. Sarah, where can, where can teachers find you and learn more about you? Oh, okay. So you can find me in a couple of different places. First, you can find me on Facebook. I actually have a weekly live show every single Wednesday at noon Eastern, and you can find that at Savvy Music Studio. So it's Sarah Campbell-Savvy Music Studio. And uh, that's where you can find me every Wednesday at noon. And you can find me over on my website at SavvyMusicStudio.com. 
and that should be launched by the time this podcast comes out, So, which is really exciting. Most people have been uh, following me on sarahsmusicstudio.com, and that's not going anywhere either. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I had so much fun visiting with Sarah. I hope to have her on the podcast again because I think we could talk all day long about business and social media. To learn more about Sarah and all that she does, visit SavvyMusicStudio.com or go to Facebook and search Savvy Music Studio. She did mention she has a weekly show every Wednesday at noon Eastern, so be sure to check her out. Also, I would love to have you in the Teach Music Online membership where we do coaching calls where you can get access to all of my courses, all of the past interviews, more instruction on marketing and branding and social media, using technology, building your studio online, all of the things that you need to have success running an online music studio. I would love to see you in there and so would all of the other teachers in our Teach Music Online community. I hope that you have an amazing week of teaching. I hope that you are geared for the holidays and excited to be working with your students even during these crazy times. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and head over to iTunes to leave me a review so that more teachers can find the podcast. Thank you so much and as always, happy teaching.